Happy Valentine's Day and welcome to the first official episode of the Avowed Podcast. I know Valentine's Day gets a bad rap, but for the record, I think it rocks. I refuse to feed into the notion that it is specifically for people in romantic relationships. Love comes in many forms, and when you strip away the pink satin chocolate boxes and rampant consumerism, I appreciate that we have a holiday dedicated to showing everyone around us how much we love them. So let's get down to business. I am joined today by two wedding industry rebels, Stacy Townsend of Townsend Collective and Anna Boswell of Cast Calligraphy and Design. I wanted to kick things off with this interview because these two incredible women have been an enormous inspiration for me in this industry. They are multi-dimensional businesswomen with unique perspectives on working in the industry, wedding planning, and what it means to commit yourself to another human being. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Avowed Podcast on iTunes, now would be the perfect time. There's a whole lot of Avowed magic in the works, and I don't want you to miss a moment of it. Welcome to the Avowed Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. It's good to be here. It's really great to be here. Do you feel like you're on, um, have you guys ever seen that NPR skit on SNL? The Schwetty Balls. Schwetty Balls. (laughs) Alec Baldwin. For some reason, when you said it's good to be here, I just pictured I think that's what we were both referencing. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's, so nice to be here. really calm. It's deep in our subconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. We all put on our calm podcasting voices now. Uh, So I'm joined today by Stacey Townsend, a multifaceted business lady who is here today mostly because of her relationship to the wedding industry as a wedding photographer, but also because she's a badass boss lady and she has a lot of really cool things to say about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Thanks, lady. And I'm also joined by Anna Boswell, who owns, is it cast calligraphy still or is it cast design? It's evolving. It's evolving. The word calligraphy might might drop, but it's still cast and it's still a lot of hand lettering and design and wonderful. So cool. Well, so you guys transition. both, yeah. And you share an office together. Mm-hmm. You both do your own sort of graphic design stuff, but yeah, yours is more along the lines of like hand drawn, hand lettering sort mm-hmm. of things. And Stacy's work is more, I would say clean, modern, minimalist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is this, yeah. Yep. Am I doing totally. an okay job of describing Absolutely. these things that you do? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, so I guess I want to get started by talking about your relationship to the industry and how you entered the industry in the first place. So we'll start with Anna. All right. Well, I guess my first exposure was in college. I worked at a stationery store in Missoula, Montana called Noteworthy, and uh, they were a full-service wedding invitation printer and also a supplier for a bigger name brand wedding books. So um, I really got to know the basics of wedding invitations and the the sizing and the paper quality and the standards really for what a traditional invite should should encompass. Um, and How really, long ago was that? That was in 2009. So... I did it. I put my glass on the table and Don't I made the Don't do that sound. anymore. <laughs> We're drinking wine, everybody. This is how we do. <laughs> this is what we do. All right. Um, I won't do it again. Um, so you're so working yeah, in Missoula at Noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of, of sort of production and, and putting in well together and really making beautiful work. And um, it just sort of stuck with me. I loved paper. I w- was really into arts and crafts and even as a kid so it was a perfect job for me and I still love Amy and Taylor are still doing really amazing work over there um so that was really where it got started was almost nine years ago and then you worked at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle in here in Bozeman and then you transitioned out of that into starting your own business what was that three years ago well in between then I moved to San Francisco and I worked for a stationary company called Hello Lucky and at the time, they were uh, really known for their greeting cards, which they still are, um, letterpress greeting card company. And at the time, they were making wedding invitations and really expanding their invitation line and coming up with custom designs and, and working, collaborating with local artists. And so I was the production manager there. 
And that's where I really sort of dove in deep to wedding invitations and uh, really became, I think, an expert um, in the field, which is kind of niche, but that's kind of where I became comfortable calling myself an invitation designer. Yeah, because it's funny. I think a lot of us find ourselves in the industry kind of begrudgingly or like we mm-hmm. enter it and we're like, um, we're good at this one thing. Mm-hmm. But then you get in and you're like, oh, no, there's so much to even just this one tiny pocket of the industry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like without all of that, yeah, understanding from that side of the spectrum with calligraphy because I feel like there's probably a lot of calligraphers who get into it who have like incredible penmanship right but they don't understand like the standards of it and the invite end of the spectrum so I imagine that made it a lot easier to make that decision and at the end yeah well it wasn't even the calligraphy really that was simply graphic design and you know typeface and just basic invitation work but they hired out their calligraphy by a very talented calligrapher in Oakland whose name is Michelle Papineau. And she invited all of us at Hello Lucky to come take a class. And instantly I was hooked. And all of us really enjoy the process. But from that point, I just started practicing and playing around with new tools. And that's where I really started to, to embrace the calligraphy side of wedding invitations. Uh, so I think the two worlds really joined t- together in, in San Francisco. Cool. Yeah. But then how many years was it before you started Kath? Uh, it was probably two years later, two and a half. I moved back to Bozeman, got had odd jobs, worked remotely, worked at the Chronicle, and started my business as a hobby, really, and it kind of evolved into a full-blown yeah, you started off, um, it's called cast because originally you wanted to do illustrations of the fishes, yeah. like the like the amazing fish that people can catch around here yeah. as like instead of mounting it on exactly. your wall. Wait, yeah. but now it's a reality. I know. Yeah, because uh, you're coming all, full circle, yeah, right? You're doing circle. this now. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that that's how it started, but you never no actually No one really knows what they're doing until... <laughs> Yeah, maybe think, never. Yeah, maybe never, right? I every time I talk to teenagers about like what it is to be an adult, I'm like, yeah, you never you never wake up and you're like, I nailed it today. No. <laughs> yeah. Today I adulted so good. Yeah. <laughs> that day doesn't come. <laughs> no. No, no. No. Everything changes and it's good. You have to embrace it. Absolutely. Yes, there's no finish line. Right. Um speaking of no finish line inside <laughs> <laughs> You do so many things. All the things. You do all the things. So yeah, let's, well, first of all, what do you do? Townsend Collective, what is it? That's a great question. The easiest way to explain it, it's a a three-part business. Um, So photography, graphic design, digital design, branding, and everything that comes with that, um, and then jewelry design. I love it. Mostly. So most of the things that I do fit into those three categories. Okay. And would you say that you fall more heavily in one of those three or are you kind of spread evenly through the... Yeah. Um, I can say I do more work in the design world. Um, so I spend the most time designing. Um, the jewelry thing started as a side hustle. So that still is kind of my Netflix and chill. <laughs> um, it's jewelry and Netflix and chill. Um so, yeah, that still kind of happens nights and weekends. It's rare that I do that during my, like, office hours. But it seems like it's really taken off. It's working. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't have dreamt that it would even be as big as it is right now, so. And have you had any of your jewelry in, like, styled shoots yet? Because yeah. I feel like that is, like, you photograph a styled shoot for a wedding <laughs> magazine <laughs> yeah, and your yeah. jewelry should be, like, I want to do that styled shoot because totally. your jewelry would be incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, it's been a two styled shoots. One was shot by Lauren Brown and uh, was put together by uh, Lucas and Trudeau, both local companies. Um, and that was pretty early on when I was still kind of in denial that it was even a thing and they were excited about it and wanted to shoot it and make that a part of the shoot. And I was like, oh, this is great. But then when it came time to put it, to like post it and put it out on social media I was like oh this is very confusing because I'm shooting weddings 
and this is a wedding styled shoot that I have Didn't my jewelry photograph. in. Yeah. So I, I felt really weird and kind of unable to post because it was like, I don't even really know how to put words. You didn't to want to confuse people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, we should do a styled shoot where you photograph and your jewelry is involved. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that needs That'd to happen. That'd be fun. I'll do the paper goods. Yes. yes. I actually already have this idea in mind, oh, and I'm just telling you now. Dream team. <laughs> By the way, this is happening. All right. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> so before you got involved in doing wedding photography, you worked at a ranch yep. that was a wedding venue. Where, yes. where is that ranch? Uh, it's in Paradise Valley, um, so it's 30 miles north of Yellowstone National Park. Did you get a lot of weddings when you worked there? Um, we didn't do a lot of weddings. They, weddings aren't necessarily a good fit, um, for the structure of the ranch. It's very family focused. They do seven night stays through the summer. So to do a short event like that and still, I mean, they do maybe a wedding a year, maybe. Um, and even then it's not a one day, one night affair. It's like bring all of your people, do a three night stay, experience the American West and be with your people in this remote magical place. Yes, yeah, which is how it should be done in my opinion. It's, it's the, a like, really beautiful the one day wedding event doesn't make any damn sense to me. That's like mm-hmm. literally all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Especially what, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, especially for a destination wedding. Yeah. If you're going to bring all your people here, let them experience where you live. Yeah, absolutely. Or where you vacation. Right. <laughs> As yeah. it were, a lot of True. people. Like, I grew up coming to Montana in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Like, Welcome home. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think uh, people getting married oftentimes don't realize how a lot of venues are not interested in doing weddings. Yeah. Um, there's a friend of mine. Do you know the Purcells, Jeff and Megan Purcell? Yes, yeah. So talented. They Yes, incredibly. In fact, the style shoot I want to put together with you guys would have her doing some wool like altarpiece. Yes. I know. Amazing. Killer. My heart just went pitter pat. <laughs> I know. Um, there's going to be links to all of these people's websites on the podcast website. Perfect. So don't worry, listeners. <laughs> You'll get to see this magic that we're talking about before oh, it even happens. So good. Um, but Jeff works at an incredible ranch out near Wilsall, kind of. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And I actually did a wedding there. And it was a really cool wedding, but um, they had to fight to get married there like the people who own the ranch were like we don't do weddings (laughs) yeah um and jeff was like yeah that that was a one-off deal like we they really don't and it's It's such an ordeal Mm -hmm. yeah as a venue like just to yeah it is a huge ordeal especially if you're used to having those longer night stays like people coming for several nights and there's good money in it but at what cost sometimes i'm sure as a venue there's a lot of fear around it i would imagine yeah yeah, I'm I'm interested in talking to some vendors or I mean some venue people mm-hmm. um, about their experience because in my mind it's like, what a sweet gig! Like you just like have an amazing <laughs> space and right. people show up and then they they pay clean you it all an up. inordinate amount of money and <laughs> yeah. leave and it's like no, I'm sure it's just bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk to you both today about well, okay. First of all, Anna is engaged. And I'm going to be doing her wedding cake. Yay! There's a tiny little pitter-patter clap from Stacey if you heard it. (laughs) Um, And that is September 9th, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's in in my craw. I got it in there. Um, (laughs) More months. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's right around the corner. Yeah. It's going to happen before we know it. Right. Um, And Stacey has been married for how many years? Uh, We got married in 2010. Okay. So five years. Six, seven. Wait, what year is it? It's 2017. Yep, so six years and a half. Oh, boy. When is your when is your anniversary? Uh, September 26th. Okay, you're both going to be September brides. <clears throat> it's a good time to get married. It is, especially... Did you get married in Montana? Mm-hmm. We actually got married at the ranch that doesn't do weddings. Oh, well, that makes sense, because you both worked there together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They cut you some slack. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We, okay. got really, we got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's awesome. So... I guess I want to talk to you both because you work in the wedding industry and you're either married or getting married. And I think that people who work in the wedding industry have a really unique perspective on just that process and how they would treat their vendors and all of that sort of stuff. So um, you got married in 2010. And Mm -hmm. the last time that we sort of touched on this, you mentioned something about like this was pre-Pinterest kind of. (laughs) Yeah, Pinterest existed, um, but I still didn't really have my head around how to use it. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a cool place where, you know, there's a lot of photos and it's a pin board, I guess. Yeah, I remember <laughs> um, my friend describing it to me and I was like, it's a where what? Yeah. And then I was addicted. How do you organize <laughs> it? What do you, what's a pin board? What, yeah. How do you can drag and drop and shift and oh yeah it's oh, like tag. part of my brain now it's like a social media outlet i use it as my search engine me too yeah. like i don't even search on google it because i mean yeah. i'm so visual we're all such yeah. visual people like when i search something Recipes. i don't want to see words i oh, want to yeah. see photos yep what am i looking for yep. <laughs> yeah and pinterest has really changed the industry in mm-hmm. such a huge way i read a statistic recently that 70 percent of the wedding pin boards on pinterest are by women who aren't even engaged yet Oh, I believe 70%. it. 70%. 70. I'm part of those women, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, so it's like a save for later kind of thing. Yeah, right? There's I no mean, harm in that. Also, I justify it because I work in the wedding industry. I was just going to say, you're in the industry. industry. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so everything has changed significantly even in just the past six years, which mm-hmm. I think is um, – I don't know. When you think about the wedding industry, like what it looked like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I feel like it's changing so rapidly, but the conversation isn't changing alongside it. So like there needs to be more talking about it instead of just it. It's like snowballing and just swirling around us and getting crazier and crazier. But um, like, let's have some real talk about it. Totally. Which is why I'm starting this podcast. So in the time that you've been in the wedding industry, like how have you seen it shift and change? Working in the industry or just like being aware of the industry? Um, both. Because I guess you got married and so you must have like, was that your first like, re- I mean, aside from like the wedding? <laughs> that was my th- first marriage, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, was that um, your first like really getting into the whole wedding thing aside totally. from like occasionally hosting at the ranch yeah there was like occasionally hosting at the ranch and before that it was like being a flower girl in my aunt and uncle's wedding okay so it was a while there was a big stretch there yeah, <laughs> yeah. was it what you had expected um no it I, I don't think I knew what to expect um I don't think there was enough resources out there. And I mean, again, Pinterest is such a huge thing where you can, you know, it's a a place where you can go and see what everyone else is doing. And when I was planning my wedding, I had no idea what anyone else was doing. Plus, I was getting married at a ranch in Montana. Yeah. So you really had no idea what anyone else was doing. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't grow up here. I'm not a horsey person. I mean, I love horses, you know, like anybody. But um, yeah, it was super strange to try to piece together an event when I had never properly planned an event. Yeah, I have. I had a bride recently who um, she had a pretty small wedding and she was so chill about the whole thing. And she was like, I plan parties all the time, like whatever. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, like, I think that's part of the issue is that um, yep. when you don't like most of us aren't going to awards shows on the regular and <laughs> yeah. we're not like hosting fancy parties all of the time. We're not Martha Stewart <laughs> and we're not like famous actresses. So yeah, it's like this one shot deal. Um, and no wonder there's so much expectation and yeah. like mm-hmm. anxiety around it. And it's it. all the people in your life that mean the most to you. And it's your chance to like express your love story to them. You know, you've got people that are either, I mean, everybody that was there knew a different piece of our love story. It was like, you know, our college roommates and who like were there the day we met. And then there's like, you know, family members who we don't stay in contact with all the time that are there. And they're like, who's this guy that you're marrying? I want to like, this should somehow put a frame around what this is for you. Yeah, I know the the blending of two families is mm-hmm. like just the wackiest part of the wedding to me mm-hmm. because a lot of them haven't met more than likely. Yeah. Was that, um, had your, were your families in touch with one another prior? How, well, first of all, how long were you together before you got engaged? Ooh, great question. Uh... We met in 2007 and were engaged about a year later. Oh, wow. Uh, and then had kind of a, oh, let's like do this in the spring. But then we were going to move to New York. And then we ended up at this ranch in Montana. And we're like trying to plan a wedding. Um, so it got delayed a couple times. And then I think it was like a year and a half we were engaged. Okay. Yeah, maybe a little longer. So had your families met? They met, but under kind of 
the like we're getting married so you guys should probably meet before the wedding (laughs) (laughs) crazy yeah Yeah. was that a wild experience at the wedding being that that was like probably their first like real time spent together like uh it's hard to say I mean I think like at the wedding you're in such a like you're in the eye of the storm Mm -hmm. if you will so everybody you know everybody's looking at you with these like bright eyes and it's like you're doing it so you don't see I think what happens on the fringe you don't see those like nuanced little interactions that I think I mean I would love to be a fly on the wall at my own wedding and (laughs) know like what did that feel like yeah how was that for you yeah, like to have secret cameras like, yeah. all over your wedding so you can watch them later and be like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we even have talked to friends afterward and we're like, did you have fun? Was it a fun wedding? I mean, we had a good time, of course. Yeah. But like, I don't know. How was it for everyone else? Yeah. Well, I mean, I what I hear a lot is like brides especially um, being so overwhelmed on their wedding day that mm-hmm. they don't even like really experience it. They're mm-hmm. so yeah. like swept up in you know the details and stuff so I mean you say like we had a great time of course but I don't know that it is always of course it's yeah. like awesome yeah. that you did have a great time yeah. and that you were able to like let go and just be mm-hmm. like this is awesome all my favorite people are in one place and we're eating good food and dancing yeah because to me that's what it should be yeah I think it's hard to not I mean it's it's nuanced for sure I think it's hard to look around the room and see so much support And I mean, maybe I'm lucky. I know there's weddings that happen where everyone in the room doesn't support the union. So I feel super lucky that every like each eye that I locked with in the room is like so happy. Yeah. Like this is happening and it's an exciting thing. That is. I feel like that is pretty lucky probably. Yeah. So and like, you know, there was other things. We got married at the place that we worked. So my perspective on the staff that were working and like just feeling guilt that somebody was filling my wine glass. Mm-hmm. There was definitely plenty of that. But the reality is it's hard to be in a room of people that love you and support what you're doing and not get swept up in the magic. Yeah. 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 It's total magic. Yeah, totally. So, Anna, you are planning your wedding currently. Yeah. How is that going? It's actually really fun and very so back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually like it. You, like we were talking about, Pinterest is now a search engine. It's it's a library. It's a go-to. And I worried that I would have trouble making any decisions or feeling confident in any design ideas, knowing that in nine months, everything could change and I could be re-inspired and want to change it all. Um, and even just knowing people in the industry and feeling one way or another about a certain environment or a certain product. Uh, but surprisingly, it's been very enjoyable. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like I would be overwhelmed by choices. Like you got married in a simpler time. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Like because now that we have access to the global pin board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah, there's like so much inspiration. Like, if you were to look through my wedding pin board, you would be like, This girl's schizophrenic. Like, it is all over the <laughs> it's place. Everything. It's everything. Yeah, um, right. you could, it's like not, there's no clear cut, but that's also me. Like, I'm yeah. kind of all over the place. So, but, but yeah, I feel like it would be really hard to make those decisions. It's like, it's hard. It's hard, but it's also really fun because I think that my wedding will sort of, reflect my design choices and it's noticeable so so I think that I'll be comfortable making those choices knowing that it's a design decision not really a trend or you know a budget just you know it's it's very curated yeah and I feel like part of what working in the industry offers you in terms of perspective is understanding sort of the difference between trends and like timeless design decisions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah um all of the trends that are swirling around right now I just feel like people like 20 years from now you're gonna look back and be like oh yeah oh, yeah that's so that 2017 was yeah <laughs> right and not that it's it's like nothing could compare to the whole horror of the 80s weddings but um but it's still gonna be dated right and I think that's something that I would be so concerned about 
if I was planning my wedding. Well, and that's where you just sort of have to trust yourself. And honestly, my Pinterest board isn't so much images of other people's weddings, but it's images of of landscapes and of furniture and other artwork that inspires me and that I know I can transform into something useful for my wedding. Yeah. So I think being in the industry, I have an advantage because I see inspiration in other ways, whereas the average bride, you know, not in a bad way, but would only see what has been done as an inspiration for her own. So... Yeah. Or groom. I I think it's like a visual language that we speak because we're creative people, not just in the industry, but creative people in general, right? Yeah. Not everybody that gets married is an artist or. Exactly. Yeah. I feel very lucky to to have known what I know and to get married with all of this knowledge. But it's also, I mean, I read one blog where the bride and groom got married at their house in their backyard. And it was very cute and styled and beautiful. And she was wearing a casual gown and he was wearing a casual suit. And one of their comments was that they wanted their wedding to be as close to real life as possible. Like, why dress up? Why put on a show when really it's your day-to-day that that feels so raw and intentional and and that you're honoring by getting married you know you're not marrying like Mm -hmm. a primped version of right yeah so we're trying to stay to stick with that sort of I think about that a lot um especially when it comes to like the beauty aspect of it because I think um because we don't go to awards shows this is like (laughs) you know your one like bedazzled moment in one way shape or form Mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of women like you know you want to lose weight you want to be like a specific version of yourself on your wedding day and I mean understandably you're getting photographed you want to look your best I get that but also I think um people go so overboard with it sometimes and Mm -hmm. then they don't even end up looking like themselves right yeah which is wild to me you know yeah um I had a bride in April last year which is like kind of a pretty weird time to have a wedding in montana but i was like that's awesome (laughs) and it was super small i think there was like 18 people they rented like a vacation home and it was really intimate and it was like a whole weekend you know which was awesome and she was so chill the bride was rad and she actually came to pick up her wedding cake on her wedding day which never happens wow I know. <laughs> That's how chill she was. <laughs> That's how it should be. Um, but she came and she had just had her hair and her makeup done. And I made a comment about like how beautiful she looked. And she got really uncomfortable. And she was like, you know, I don't feel like myself. Like I never wear makeup. I never do my hair. Like I'm kind of a plain Jane. And I just don't feel like me. And I don't know. And Aww. And my reaction was sort of what's been like bred into me I think as a customer service person (laughs) and as someone in the wedding industry is that like we're supposed to be I think supportive and dismissive in equal measure Mm -hmm. kind of so my reaction was like oh no you look beautiful it's gonna be great it's Mm -hmm. gonna be a wonderful day and then she left and I was like fuck that (laughs) that feels so inauthentic and it's not doing her any favors like she needs like a real human to it talk to her. It wasn't a real conversation. No, yeah. it wasn't. You should have um, been like, let's go to the bathroom. Well, I'll wipe it all off. <laughs> yeah, well, what I did was I texted her afterwards Aww. and Aww. I was like, for the record, you do look beautiful, but if you're uncomfortable, I really think you should take the, the makeup off and like do whatever's going to feel right mm-hmm. because you've put too much energy and too much time and love into this day and you should enjoy it like this is an incredible thing that you're doing and it deserves to be celebrated and if you feel like you're hiding behind a mask all day you're not going to feel it you're not going to get swept up in the magic because you don't feel like yourself like how can anybody enjoy an experience if they feel like they're hiding behind a mask it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me but I I mean I'd be curious I doubt anyone's ever done this you know before but I'd be curious what the statistic would be of like women that make that appointment to get their makeup done who never wear makeup just Mm -hmm. for their wedding day yeah Yeah, why yeah I mean how weird to look back at it 
later in the images and ha- feel that separation between like, is that me? Like, yes. who is that person that started their union that day? Who is that? Like, what a weird way to ring in this yeah. huge new endeavor, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not being mm-hmm. or acting like yourself. And also, um, like, just so hard to connect in the moment to what's going on around you. Like, it's already hard. Like, there's so many moving pieces and you know if you had a hand in planning it which more than likely you did (laughs) um then like it's it's already pretty hard not to get hung up on silly details and let like I mean I've thrown not like big parties but you know like pretty nice parties before and even on a small scale like if the tiniest thing goes wrong I have to be like cool your jets like just play (laughs) cool and power through this shit (laughs) well even being in the industry there's some sort of pressure because you assume that your work will be used as marketing material or maybe published in a blog or I mean for me that was sort of a goal like I'm hiring all these vendors and in return for working for me I want you to use this as promotional work for yourself like be creative and you can use all these images it's going to be amazing but then that also adds the pressure like if it's featured it has to be amazing. So we kind of have this background. like. But I think it's not just us. I mean, a lot of women who are getting married now are following. Like, I I feel like a lot of women who get engaged who aren't following all of these blogs and have Pinterest boards, as soon as they find out, I mean, it's really hard not to get swept up in it and be like, oh, like, it's so beautiful and curated. And like, I want to be on Borrowed and Blue. I want to be on Style Me Pretty. And mm-hmm. then that becomes, I mean, it's hard not to. Goal, yeah. yeah. Even if you don't work in the industry, like most, I would say most women getting married these days want to be featured in something. I agree. Yeah. Like we live in a reality television world now. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, even if your 15 minutes of fame is being on the pages of Style Me Pretty, like, go for it, right? <laughs> go for broke. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of, um, I feel like money is one of those things that people don't ever talk about Ooh. in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know working in the industry, I've had a really hard time pricing my stuff and figuring out because at the end of the day, um, I'm pricing to a client that I don't necessarily identify with because I'm not married and I haven't been. And so f- <laughs> somebody tells me that that's how much a cake costs. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you pay I that would for a cake? I would never pay that much yeah. for a cake. Right? Exactly. Or, like, or calligraphy or photography. Yeah. Like it's Same. just, it's a funny thing to price for a client that you don't necessarily identify with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, people are always saying like, weddings are so expensive Mm -hmm. and um and I have personally I have like a few theories on that but chief among them is that I think um there's so much expectation and therefore stress and anxiety tied up Mm -hmm. in that job like it's not just a cake that I'm giving you it's the cake and it's a guarantee that it's going to be amazing because you have one shot and you've done it plenty of times they're not going to have their wedding and not have a cake yeah have a cake that's not good yeah they're paying for trust and they're paying for their own expectation of perfection more or less right which I don't know if you guys feel this way but it gives me so much anxiety like there are days where I'm making wedding cakes and I'm like nobody should be this upset about cake right now nobody should be having a breakdown nobody should be upset about cake ever right I know imagine as a photographer it must be doubly hard because you're sort of performing and they don't see the product until way later so you have to get kind of be on point once and then again yeah it's interesting too because I think as a photographer part of my style or who I am or like what I create is my perspective it's it's how I see my clients love and how I can translate that into an image like what they're doing and how they're looking at each other and what moments I choose to freeze yeah which is abstract and intimidating I would imagine yeah what if you miss the moment well and that happens all the time weddings and and other scenarios but mostly at weddings where it's like Okay, so the couple's over here. I'm very aware of them, but, you know, maybe the little ring bearer and the flower girl are being cute and dancing over here. And I mostly shoot alone. So there's um, so many times during the day that it's like, what's more important? 
And is it what's important to me? Is it what's important to the what I perceive is what's important to the bride and groom? Is that a conversation you have with them in advance where it's like, do you describe that scenario to them? And you're like, <laughs> if this really adorable little girl with flowers yeah. in a basket is like doing I, a dance, should I photograph that or are you guys kissing? It. Yeah. Well, I I talk to my couples ahead of time about what's important to them and who's there and who is important to them. So if grandma's really important, if they have an aunt that lives in Australia that they never see but had a really tight bond with when they were a kid, she's really important, then I – I know who to look at and when, you know, if the bride then has a moment with that aunt, Mm -hmm. then I'm aware of it because I've been watching the aunt all day and waiting for her to like get into the orbit. For sure. So I, I kind of, rather than creating scenarios for them to think about, I try to like start with a clean slate and ask them to define what's important to them for sure and what they're looking forward to well and to me that's actually another huge part of the price right because mm-hmm. you're not just paying someone for a service you're mm-hmm. paying someone for hours of consultation and communication yeah and that emotional energy that goes into getting to know somebody and find out what's important to like there's so much more like a, you really do get what you pay for with wedding vendors because the more somebody's charging, the more emotionally invested they are in making sure that your wedding is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think all of those things are such a huge part of price. Um, but we also live in a DIY world right now. Yeah, we right? do. Um, and your wedding was remarkably DIY. Yes? Super DIY. Made my own dress DIY. Whoa, you made your own dress? Yes. <laughs> Are you a seamstress? Do you sew much? No. You know, I like made Barbie clothes as a kid and <laughs> did some, like my grandma was a quilter. So oh God, I I, I had a lot of access to a sewing machine and felt pretty confident around a sewing machine, but I had no garment building experience. Do you have, um, I mean, I was like going to say, do you have any pictures of your wedding? Yeah. Obviously you do. Yeah. Um, can I get one of those to put on the website alongside this interview? Yes. Okay, good. Because yeah. I want to see this dress. Yeah, it'll also it's show awesome. you what a wedding was like in yeah. 2010. Oh my God, way back in 2010. <laughs> yeah. So long ago. I feel like a lot has changed though. It's It really has. It's super interesting. I know. We live in such an interesting time right now. Things are moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just talking to somebody about like having children and how I'm terrified of having children, <laughs> namely because I wouldn't be raising children right now. I would be raising like children years from now and teenagers like 15, yeah. 20 years from now. Yeah. And things are moving so quickly. And I feel like it's already really hard for me to relate to kids and what they're going through. Like they don't know what a Nintendo is. They've never seen a cassette tape. And that's why. Have they ever received a phone call on a landline? Right? And they're like, landline? What's a landline? How do you... I don't know. Did they ever have to talk to their friend's parents before talking to their friend? Is Stacy home? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can Anna play? That used to happen. And even I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) That used to happen. That was a thing. (laughs) No. Like, cell phones were not... Pagers happened. Oh, my God. Pagers (laughs) Pagers did happen. Mm -hmm. That was... We blocked that out of of history. That was a low point for us. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's things are moving so quickly and it's, um, it's hard to stay ahead of it and like have real moments with any of it because it's happening so fast. It's just coming at you. Technology. Yeah. Um, on a side note, I was going to ask and I forgot who photographed your wedding, Stacey. Um, some friends of ours from Washington state, that we met in college. This was a guy that uh, was a husband-wife team. Unfortunately, they're not together anymore. Um, And he's moved into fashion photography, which I think was his passion sort of the whole time. He was always into, like, really interesting lighting and, like, really had an interesting eye for composition, which really drew me to him. Um, But they were just getting into wedding photography, and I was really interested in having somebody that I knew. And I had worked with her at the coffee shop that I worked at when I met my husband, and... I had taken a, like a photography, digital photography 101 with him. And so we were like doing assignments side by side. And I was like, holy smokes, he is so talented. That's awesome. And then, yeah, so as soon as we got engaged, I was like, okay, well, if I need to have somebody that's like by my side all day long on this like super important day, I want it to be somebody that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense across the board with all of the vendors. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much potential 
for intimate relationships with your vendors mm-hmm. that I think it's sort of pushed aside or glossed over in the name of like, you know, expediting the process or yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like budget. people just don't realize until later. So like the approach is not we're going to be best friends. It's like the approach is you're my vendor. Mm-hmm. And then the after effect is, oh, my God, I feel so close to you. You were there by my side during such a, like, just a pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. I think also part of it is what we talked about previously about, like, collaboration. Like, I think that if I was getting married, I would want to hire people who are really good at what they did Mm -hmm. and then give them creative freedom Mm -hmm. and, like, collaborate with them and, like, brainstorm with them instead of bringing them an idea and being like, here, just do this. Yeah, see this picture? (laughs) Yes, yeah, copy this, copy paste. Um. And I think that's where a lot of that intimacy is getting lost too. Like there's very, like the reason I got involved in this industry is because it felt like a creative art installation for two people in love to experience alongside everyone that they love, which is magic and probably never going to happen again unless you get married again. And I mean, it's going to look different that time anyway. Um, and, And then when I got into the industry and I realized how trend driven it was, I was like, damn it. <laughs> There's so much potential there. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what styled shoots are, right? That's right. our collaborative moment. And most of the trends that people are following are coming out of styled shoots. They're not coming out of real weddings. Mm-hmm. It's coming out of a calligrapher having an opportunity to do whatever the hell she wants. And But that's where it gets complicated. I mean, I love styled shoots for that reason. You're given more creative freedom, but... Then they get published, and then you get a bride that says, I want that, but I only have this much money. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, this is a very complex design, mm-hmm. and it, it's sort of showcasing my abilities and thinking outside the box. Like, yes, you can have an invitation printed on stone, but really, how much is that going to cost to put in the mail? Yeah, so absolutely. there's just a lot of... Uh, it's I think there's a balance well yeah well to me there's a disconnect in the communication of it because here's the thing is that I don't think anyone at least I've never seen an article or anything where somebody said that yeah somebody in the wedding industry said this "This is what a styled shoot is here's what to me a styled shoot communicates what's possible when you give your vendors creative freedom Mm -hmm. and if you want something from a styled shoot, you're going to have to pay top dollar for it because there's a lot of time that went into it. Um, I hear that from wedding planners all the time where somebody brings them an idea and they're like, I want this. And they're like, for 300 people. Oh <laughs> and you're God. like, uh, okay, but it's going to cost a cost. lot of money. Yeah, These concepts yeah. aren't always scalable. Yeah. And, and if they are scalable, like it's going to cost a pretty penny. Right. I think that the blogs are doing better about differentiating like the word inspiration in a title means it's not a real wedding Mm -hmm. or even having a real weddings tab and an inspiration tab Mm -hmm. then you're gonna know as a bride so when I go to look for inspiration I go to the real weddings page because I know that that's viable that's real yeah it's it's cool to see what everyone can do but it's also cool to see what real brides are doing Absolutely. Where do you feel like, I mean, first of all, like on the whole, where do you feel like money is best spent at a wedding? Oh my gosh. And I mean, obviously you guys like work in the industry and so you're going to be like photography. I know. I would, I actually (laughs) disagree. Food? I think food is big. Yeah. Like I I think think the invitation, it's such a, it's such a important piece but at the end of the day, it's just like anything else that's going to get thrown away. Well, I would hope, I mean, that it's like a beautiful memento, right? Yeah. For so long. If I, well, <laughs> but if I, well, I'm a hoarder, right? Okay. Like if I had a beautiful invitation. Yeah. For Jasmine, for, it's forever. It's forever. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm going to die with that invitation. It's going to get buried. Right. Like your best friend from 12th grade's wedding, like, Yes, I can see mm-hmm. it being a memento, but I'm also sort of a realist in that sense. Like I always tell my brides, well, really this one envelope liner is awesome for your photos, but it's going to get ripped up when your guests open it 
with their letter opener mm-hmm. or their kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So scrap it, save the money, and put it towards your band or yeah, priorities, your, man. Engage yeah. your wedding band, which you wear every day. You yeah. know those sort of things. I try and wrangle in, but I think one of the most one of the things I want I will probably spend the most on is photography or you know the experience the food and the drink yeah to me it's like you want to document it so you Mm -hmm. want to hire a great photographer what do you have at the end of the day who has the the style that you want but then beyond that like you it has to be a good time Right. Um, people, I think a lot of people stress out about their guests having a good time. They're like, I just want everyone to have a good time. And I'm like, if there's food, mm-hmm. booze, yeah. music, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're easy peasy. Um, that beautiful tablescape is for you. And it's beautiful. And if it's something you care about, then you should absolutely prioritize it. If it's going to make you happy on that day, do it. Put crystals on everybody's plate. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, I have. I have kind of a devil's advocate kind of angle here, which I mean, clearly I think photography is super important and it's the documentation of such an important event. If you, if you don't have photography, maybe I'm the only one that thinks about this. If, if a card fails, if both of my cards fail, if something tragic happens and you have no photos. Yeah. You still have the memory. And I have some experience. Oh yeah. In her my family. parents at their wedding, their photographer's camera broke and none of their photos came out except they had a friend who had brought theirs along and have a couple snapshots i mean what do you do they laugh about it now but at the time i'm sure they were devastated yeah Yeah. but the reality is like my job is to document what's actually happening and if i'm not there that doesn't mean it's not happening totally yeah and i think that the weird thing about photography is what what I see as important in the angle that I have on the day, my perspective has so much impact on how people remember the day in the future. Yeah, memory is a weird thing. It's a super weird thing. It's um, it's funny because I I remember taking like a psychology class in university mm-hmm. and we talked about memory and this really stuck with me. It was basically like the memories that we access the most are actually the ones that are the least authentic because the more you touch something in your mind, the more you erode it and replace it with what you think happened. Wow. And so like photographs, like I guarantee that you have memories of your childhood that are actually photographs that you've seen mm-hmm. and you don't actually remember that happening, but you've seen the photograph enough times or you've heard the story enough times from your parents yeah. that, that it's, that it's in there now the stories from the parents might be stronger yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, but there's definitely some memories quote unquote that I have that I'm convinced are probably not memories they're just like a photograph that I've seen of myself and I'm like yeah there was this one time (laughs) and no that I don't remember that at all it's three Um, (laughs) and these really amazing hammer pants (laughs) yeah well I did have some good hammer pants I liked acid wash a lot (laughs) (laughs) and dancing (laughs) but yeah memory is such a weird thing and so yeah these photographs become the memory at sometimes yeah, because especially when there's that much, I mean, there's just a cacophony of action, and happiness and laughter and, <laughs> and eating and drinking and dancing happening at a wedding. There's no way that one or even a photographer with like two other people helping them can document the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. So I was just going through my mo- mom and dad's wedding album, and they did have a friend that brought their camera. Thank goodness. And watching her go through them again, you know. 35, almost 40 years later, she smiles every time she saw a new face like, oh, so-and-so was there. I forgot. Like, how mm-hmm. funny. Like, I need to call her. And all those memories, I mean, that's really all you have. And even when your kids' kids are going through, yeah. I think that is so special. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I admire your work, and I think it's very important. I agree. I also really love when you have, I don't know, I went to a wedding. I actually did the wedding gig and I was a guest, not this last summer, but the summer before. 
that happens to me at least two or three times a year, which is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Because to Way actually, well, because I'm like the cake fairy. I come in and like sprinkle cake magic and then I'm like out before yeah. anyone even sees me. So Don't experience the full event. Yeah. So to see like the happiness on people's faces when they eat the cake is like pretty exciting for mm-hmm. me. I usually just see it like months later in a photograph. Style shoot. Yeah. Style shoot. But I went to this wedding and they had – um like little polaroid cameras additionally mm-hmm. and and then that was like part of their guest book so people were like taking photos and then putting them in the guest book and writing stuff and cool. i like that multi-layered approach mm-hmm. um because then yeah you it's like the photographer is capturing these moments while you've got friends capturing these other moments and then i don't know that seems like an exciting thing to look through but i also am hyper aware as a photographer even though i'm not one the cell phone issue yeah. at weddings. Oh my god! I just I say no. Just say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you see, um, like this guy showed me this panoramic photo that he took when the bride was walking down the aisle, and everybody had their phones out. Yeah. And then there's the photographer, the professional photographer yeah. at the altar, who's trying to get like a good photo of the bride that doesn't have everyone's phones in it. And I was like. This is a cool photo guy, but also, like, you were one of these assholes. <laughs> it breaks my heart watching people experience a ceremony through a screen. I know. When they're there in real life. People do that with everything now, Every- and it breaks yeah. my heart, too. But no, you're right. I think people experience things through like a screen instead of actually experiencing them these days. And I know a lot of people are doing like no phones at the wedding thing, which I would probably do, honestly. I would recommend it. I think it's super liberating for you and for your guests. How do you organize that? Like, do you put a table out? And you say, leave your phone at this table. No, right? nobody it's like, will. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, because in that scenario, I picture it like keys, um, like at a college party. Yeah. Right. You know, everyone puts their keys in the fishbowl. Yeah. yeah. But it's it like a awesome. $700 phone, and you're like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Who are we talking to about this? I feel like we've had this conversation, and it's like, I think it's smart to be like, take your phone out, get that one yeah, photo that, that you like want to Instagram or Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. get your I had tag. A friend that did that. Yeah. They all they did the aisle. They got in line, the bridal party, and the officiant said, "Welcome." Like, please take out your phones and take a picture, and then kindly set it on silent and put it away for the remainder. And so they still got their like end of aisle shot. Everyone got their beautiful bride shot, but it was over, and it was really tastefully done. Yeah, that's pro tip. Pro tip, everybody. It's a pro tip for all you listeners out there. Um, okay, well, I want to wrap up because we're getting up on an hour now, which is amazing, oh, wow. right? Whoa, it happens before plus. you know it because it's just such a good conversation. <laughs> um, but I guess I want to close with, like, <clears throat> your thoughts on marriage itself. Um, so, yeah, let's start with Stacy. Like, what um, – did you? first of all, did you dream about getting married? No. My parents got divorced when I was a senior in high school. And I lost a lot of faith in marriage at that time. They were high school sweethearts. They loved each other, I think, for most of it. And then at the end, it wasn't, there wasn't infidelity. There wasn't anything like major. It just was like, mm, I don't know. I just, I guess I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, if you can fall out of love after 25 years, how do you ever know? Mm-hmm. How do you ever know? I don't know that you do. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know that you do either. Um So yeah, I was kind of like I don't need to be married. Like I love my life. I am sure that I will date and be in serious relationships and and that's fine. I don't need marriage to validate it. I don't like I'm totally cool without the ring and the certificate and whatever. Yeah. Um I don't know. And then I met my husband and I was like this is the first time I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I could do this forever. Yeah. And it's awesome. How did he propose? 
he put together a little book. No. Yeah, it was like a little whatever, something you can order online and just like put all your Cute. pictures in and like it's like what Apple does now. But Apple books, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't but ten, Apple. But in 2010. <clears throat> that's a little plug. The ancient 2010. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it was like a Shutterfly or a, uh, I don't know. The company's still around. I wish I could yeah. remember. But um, anyway, he made me breakfast in bed and like gave me this little book and was like, hey, I made this thing. And this was when like we had already accepted jobs at the ranch and we're doing this like super weird thing with our lives. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to Montana to work at a dude ranch. This is super <laughs> strange, but I trust you that this place is not like totally backwards. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he like made me breakfast in bed, handed me the book and it was the story of brewery guy and coffee shop girl. I was managing a coffee shop at the time and he was a part owner of a brewery. Um, and I was like, how weird. He like made this book. That's like the story of our relationship. You were like out of nowhere. What how, day of the month? What is what this? Is- what? How is this? <laughs> and how is it going to end? Like, why, how do you tell this story that's Wait, like okay. just beginning? So while you were reading it, was there ever a moment where you were like, he's proposing at the end of this book? I mean, probably, but not until like right at the end. It was like, I was so wrapped up in like, oh my God, we did that. And we also did that. And that was so long ago. And oh my God, my niece was so tiny. She was born at one one pound, 12 ounces. Like, remember this, remember that. Like all these memories were like washing over me. And then, and then at the end it was like, okay, but now it's today. And now there's this page where I have breakfast in bed. And the next page was, will you marry me? And I was like, I gotta hand it to RC. This is a mm-hmm. good proposal. I he, I mean, and I had no idea. He was dirt poor. I mean, he was like sweat equity in the brewery. Like I had girlfriends that were trying to like drag me into ring stores to try something on to get my size. And I was like, come on, girls, who's like, who's dreaming? Like, who are we going into this store Whose for? Whose dream is this? This is silly. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And finally, one of my girlfriends got me to try on her ring. Like like doing something totally different we were like going on a hike and she was like what is like wait I'm just curious like what this looks like on you and I was like I don't need to know what this looks like on me but I'll do it for you I guess (laughs) super like wacky but yeah he totally caught me off guard because I had no idea that he could he was even capable of buying a ring at the time and had wait wait wait. so he asked her to do that so that he could get your size yeah oh man he had all of my friends (laughs) trying to figure out like what I wanted and you like wouldn't let them and I was like you guys are silly (laughs) I'm gonna be the last one in this group that gets engaged that's amazing you were I was totally (laughs) so uncooperative yeah yeah and had no idea that I had a yes in me until it came out yeah had no idea yeah Yeah. wow yeah damn RC yeah and I tell people all the time like marriage Marriage is awesome. Like, it can be really, really great. But it's like, it's not marriage either. It's like, it's life with a partner. Like, if you choose to get married, great. Mm -hmm. Marriage can be super awesome. If you like, if you get it and you're respectful toward each other and you care about each other and you want each other to be happy, then yeah, do it, man. Why not? Yeah. But also, you could just stay together. You could also stay together. At the end, which yeah. I totally would have done if he didn't bamboozle me. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Over to you, Anna. What are your thoughts on marriage? I felt the same as Stacy. I think maybe it's our generation and maybe we're just more aware being women, but the certificate and the, you know, the, the word didn't matter so much as just being with somebody that makes you feel good and somebody that you trust and you sort of want to melt into like I want to be that person how can I guarantee my life with him or her forever uh and so I've dated my fiance do we say names yeah Tyson Tyson. hey Tyson what's up hey Um, RC also hey what's up yeah also hi (laughs) whatever you're fine maybe it was a great proposal yeah no we dated all through our 20s so we sort of navigated through that weird time together and and I was like, well, this is great. It's been eight years. Why change? You know, I don't even know if I want kids. We we're, were sort of just asking all those questions and it was sort of the same with Stacy. Like you didn't know you had a yes until until you said yes. And and I think it's it's totally unique to every couple and there's no reason to get married if you don't feel comfortable or ready or 
even understand the why but um yeah I think um that there needs to be more conversation about the difference between the wedding and the marriage exactly I think a lot of Mm -hmm. women especially want the wedding but they don't really think about the marriage on the other side of it and marriage is awesome but it's also really hard and I'm not married but I can say that because I've been in a relationship for 10 years and like it's the same thing except without a certain yeah (laughs) certain it's different in every state actually in Montana as soon as you start calling each other husband and wife you're interesting yeah in other states it's like if you live together for a certain period of time uh-huh. but in montana you have to start calling so you each have other. a choice yeah mm. we have a common law I choice like that um but how weird is it to be like my husband and really without historically knowing yeah like oh he's not yeah from what i know of a husband yeah, so far i know well um and then also being with someone for 10 years, it's like, I feel like calling him my boyfriend is so <laughs> yeah. dumb. Like, totally. it doesn't do justice to the partnership that we have. But then calling totally. him my partner makes me sound like I'm gay, which I'm not bothered by, but it's yeah. not an accurate yeah. representation of my relationship. And so it's like, what do I – and every time I call him my boyfriend, I feel like I need to be like, but we've been together for 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as soon as you say he's your boyfriend, people are like, oh, all right, passing fed. BF. Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny thing. Um, I think a lot about marriage for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like being in a relationship for as long as I have and working in the wedding industry and being saturated by yeah. it all the time. What do you think about marriage? I feel conflicted about it. It's not something I need, but it is something I want. Interesting. Um, like, I know that he, that Patrick and I are committed to each other, and we've said as much. Like, there's no, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. I would say that apart from calling each other husband and wife, like, the sentiment is there, mm-hmm. and emotionally we have that relationship already. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it really is a threshold and a party to accompany the threshold. Yeah, I was going to say, can you, like – put a box around what it is about marriage that you want uh for me I think it's mostly the celebration it is the wedding Mm -hmm. because I'm already married in my in my heart right um and in my intention and so for me um it's a funny thing. It's like I'm I'm already <laughs> I'm already locked into the hard shit. Yeah. But I'd like to have a celebration about it. Yeah. Right? Um and also I didn't have a lot of celebrations growing up. I didn't have like a sweet 16. I didn't have a graduation party when I graduated high school. I didn't walk at graduation when I graduated from university. Um I didn't have any of those milestone celebrations that people have. Interesting. So it's kind of yeah, I don't know. I feel like um I also, I come from, like, a family tree that is rampant with divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is part of why I don't need it. Yeah. But I want to celebrate the fact that I'm with this person and that I'm committed to him indefinitely. And because that's, like, a huge accomplishment for me. That's, like, one of my life's biggest accomplishments. Yeah, I think that, too, a lot of people get married because they see this picture, like, I want to get married, and then I want to have babies. I want to have kids. So they don't see themselves as having a a child and an unmarried relationship. So that's sort of step one in this future. Yeah, which I think today you really don't have to be married to raise a child together. I think if you're committed and you're ready, you both agree to this this next step. I mean. You don't have to be married to raise a child, and you also don't have to have a child if you're married. So there's a lot more doors opening, and I think there's a lot more op- more options now. Yeah. I mean, there's I think in our parents' generation and forever, it was just what you did. And yeah. I think we're all kind of questioning that that sequence so yeah well marriage used to serve a very different purpose it was like an exchange of property and the property was the woman (laughs) (laughs) and it was so that like she was taken care of and like the duties were very defined and they're not anymore we're living in Mm -hmm. a undefined world Mm -hmm. um which is exciting Mm -hmm. but also like as human beings i think we're very uncomfortable on the whole, with things that don't fit tidily into boxes. And um, 
yeah, that's part of why I wanted to start this podcast because I'm so interested in how people get mod- married now in this modern world and how they make that decision. Because it's a totally different decision than it was in 1975. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, I can really relate to your story of having a lot of like broken families, if you will, within your family. It's like, and you're kind of tasked with having to redefine marriage because you don't have a definition that works. Yeah, there's not an example that you've been given that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, okay, so if you want to do this, then you figure out how it works because nobody else has. Totally. And I've always loved couples like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell who've been together for like 40 (laughs) years or something crazy like that. And they're not married. Yeah. But you wouldn't know it because they behave like life partners and there's no question about the commitment level. So, yeah, I don't know. Marriage. What is it? (laughs) Oh, I'm so so sad that we're at the end of an hour. I know. We could do this again. You guys could be returning. You'd be, yeah, reoccurring characters. Your character now. (laughs) Man, she's well, so thank much you to guys. say. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It was um, a pleasure. Thank you for suffering through me trying to um, figure out all my new gear. <laughs> um, it looks like it's working. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for you being my guinea pigs. Thanks for starting our super important yeah. conversation. I can't wait to hear more. I can't either. I'm so excited to talk to everyone about this. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to go uphill from here. Yeah. All right. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Avowed Podcast. As always, I want to hear from you. So please send me your inquiries, suggestions, and ideas over at jasminrlily.com. And I would love to have you on the show. I'd love to answer some questions. And I'd love to involve you in this conversation. I will be coming at you in another week with a new episode. In the meantime, I suggest you put down the phone and get to hugging. Because hugging's the best. Thank you.